Welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. I am your host, Uncle Steve, bringing you a new Iron Maiden story this week. As you may notice, really quickly, I am all alone right now, and you are getting a new Iron Maiden story. An Iron Maiden story, you say? How can I do an Iron Maiden story? How can I have my Iron Maiden story on the podcast like this guy's going to have his. Well, Matt's... No, I'll have to tell you, actually. Um, Here's how you do it. You send me an email. First of all, the email address is ironmaidenpodcast at gmail.com. You send me an email with your highlights of your history with Iron Maiden. When did you find the band? What concerts have you been to? Have you met anybody? Did you meet any friends through Iron Maiden? Tell me about just your life and being an Iron Maiden fan and all the things that go with it. It's just so it's so many things that go with being an Iron Maiden fan, go with being a music fan in general. Send me a huge detailed email if you like. Send me bullet points if you like. I've had it every which way. Send that to me and just tell me your Iron Maiden history. Again, ironmaidenpodcast at gmail.com. We never have too many Iron Maiden stories because they're all unique. And regardless of, of if you've hung out and partied with the band or if you've, like me, just went to concerts and things like that, it's all interesting because it's like meeting somebody before the show and saying, when did you get into Maiden? What was the first show you went to? What's your favorite song from this album? And, you know, why do you like Paul Diano better than... Bruce Dickinson, which I don't know who's going to say that. There's a few of them, but whatever. You know, I mean, we all have things that we like and dislike. What's your favorite album? What's your? There's plenty of people that love one album and hate another and vice versa. Or, you know what I mean? Not hate. We all love most of them. So, but send me an email to ironmaidenpodcast at gmail.com. That is how you get your Iron Maiden story out there. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash uncle steve's iron maiden zone and sign up there if you like if you just want to support the show you can also go to apple spotify whoever you listen to your podcast through and leave nice reviews and if you do screenshot it send it to me i'll read it on the podcast i don't always see when the new recommendations or whatever come in from people so They're always nice to find out about, but I just, I don't find myself looking too much. (laughs) I'd like to, though. It helps other people find out about the show as well. This Iron Maiden story was actually recorded, gosh, by the time you hear this, about two and a half months ago. I am recording this right now. It is July 4th, and I'm giving you a little bit of information. As you hear this, it should be on release day, July 12th. It's about two and a half months ago from when I recorded this Iron Maiden story with a new friend of the show that you will meet very shortly. And you weren't supposed to be getting this episode this week. You were actually supposed to be getting this episode on July 19th. Last night, I was recording a new episode, an album review with everybody's favorite flip-flop thong horse shite guru. Matthew, 
and about an hour and a half into the episode, into the recording, my computer decided to just bite the dust. And an hour and a half in, I get the computer booted back up, you know, after about 20 minutes of going through everything. And my Skype recorder, which is my backup, does not record any. It doesn't. When I hit stop at the end of a call, that's when the recording finalizes. Since I didn't hit stop, there was no finalizing. So my recording software, usually if it shuts off the computer, it will auto save. So I get, get it turned back on. And if you hear anything, explosions, it's July 4th. There's people across the street from me shooting fireworks, but I turn the computer on and it says, would you like the saved or the auto saved version? So immediately I'm like, thank you. It saved. Here's the auto save. Yes. Give me the auto save. The auto save was about a five second clip that we had recorded at the very beginning. Like we started had a problem, started over, and it apparently that's all it was. It didn't get anything. So an hour and a half down the drain, neither of us had time to start over. It was, it was probably 12.30 a.m., so neither of us were going to start over. And you lose the spontaneity of your hot takes on things and surprise takes, things that you liked and didn't like, and hopefully... That episode is what you will be hearing now on July 19th. But as it is, right now as I record this, in about four days, I'll be leaving on a vacation. So when I would record next week, I'll be out of town. So you're going to hear this without any thank yous, without any uh, retweets, quote quotes, uh, any what have I been listening to, any what has Matt been listening to, and I'm sure you all want to know that, none of what Kirsty's been listening to, you're just going to get a good old-fashioned Iron Maiden story, and with a great intro, like Children of the Damned, you better bet this is going to be a good one. So right now, I'm going to bid you adieu, well, let me tell you this, enjoy the show. I'll bid you adieu now and introduce you right now, or very shortly, along with my co-host, Sarah, who appears in bits and pieces here and there, you're going to meet my friend, Frank. Welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, giving you another brand new Iron Maiden story. And this is the second time ever I'm doing it this way. I am actually sitting in somebody's home here. I am here with my friend, Frank. Frank, how are you, sir? Doing great, man. Doing great. 
Awesome. Frank here has a room in his house. We've been here for probably, I don't know, an hour, and he had to kind of drag me out of it, kick it and screaming, because he's got um he's got all kinds of Iron Maiden stuff just from golly, from the first album all the way through all the way through the new albums. Just everything, you know, picture discs, tour books, figures. Oh man, I'm just I, I told him that I, I want to try to work my way into his will, <laughs> you know. But um, first of all, I appreciate you letting me come in your house, letting me and Sarah say hi, Sarah. Hi. <laughs> you let us come in here and you showed us all your stuff and all the cool things you got, and I can see the Phantom of the Opera right behind you. So um, now, Frank, this is how this is how I met Frank. First of all, um, everybody knows I've talked about the band Maiden Texas. Uh, it's a local tribute band here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And they have a character that puts on the trooper face and puts on aces high and the number of the beast and killers and lots of other ones. And he comes running around and puts an ax up to your neck and, um, just makes the show even that much more fun. And I didn't tell you this, but. At the last show we were at, every time you'd come out with a mask, I'd pull my phone out, like to take a picture, and Sarah would look at me and go, oh, "You want me to take another picture with you?" <laughs> but um, so first of all, let's let me ask you that real quick, since we're talking about that, since I'm talking about that, how did you get involved with Maiden Texas? Well, Maiden Texas was the first band that played after the shutdown. They played at what was called a Gas Monkey okay. Grill, yeah, and I went there just to. See him since it was an Iron Maiden tribute band at the time, and after the after the performance, uh, Chris was walking around. And he came up to me, and we just started talking about Iron Maiden. Yeah. So we became friends from there, and that's how I was introduced into the band. Okay. And their set list was just like wow, just like starting off with Aces High, mm-hmm. playing uh, the Flight of Red Chris, I believe, and Phantom of the Opera. Those are just songs that I love. Oh yeah. And we. Kept in touch from there, and I think the second time um, they played at the Rebel in Frisco, and he remembered me, so we talked a little bit after that. Yeah. And the third time, I was at another tribute show, and he came up to me and asked me, he's like, hey, you want to do the Eddie character for us? I'm like, sure, man, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, I had you know, a couple of beers, so I was like, yeah, man, I'll do it. It doesn't matter, I'll do <laughs> yeah. it. So the next time, I was like, okay, what did, what did I just say? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> So we talked about it, and the first character was just pretty much the peace of mind mask, and it was very simple. But then, yeah, the rest of the band liked what I did just to bring out the energy to the to yeah. the crowd. Yeah. So I told Chris, like, you know what? I want to do more characters. So I ended up getting some uh, making some new costumes from the power slave mummy to the the peace of mind with the straight jacket. Mm-hmm. To the number of the beast, and I have the devil's head on one hand with an axe on the other one, mm-hmm. pretty much like the one of the cover singles. Yeah, yeah. And the newest one for this past show was the uh, Aces High. Okay, yeah. And it just it just goes from there because you can do so many characters for each song, and then every every show I tr- at least try to do something different or bring out something different, so it's a little surprise. Sure, sure. And one thing about it is. Uh, 
usually Chris is the one I'm talking to about the characters and the rant, the rest of the band doesn't know until it happens that day. <laughs> so that's a little surprise too for the fans and for the band. That's cool. That's cool. And I'm sure you probably, A, you're listening to Iron Maiden music being played live, yes, which is always a good thing is yes. what we were talking about earlier. And how does it make you feel like, what do you feel from your end of it, like you're, because you're, I mean, not all, you're on stage with the band, and then you're coming down with the fans and taking pictures and stuff like that. And what do you get out of that? Well, the first time I was nervous, man. I was like nervous, nervous, because I had never done anything like that. Mm-hmm. But as I do it, I just, to me, I feel the music from whatever song that's being played. I feel it, same like the fans feel it. So yeah. it just comes together as one where everybody just comes together for that, for the songs. Yeah. So I just feel the music as far as what they're doing. And I see how the people are reacting. The fans are reacting because they're there as fans also. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's fun. I love it. I like doing it. It's like going to, a, I have a, a guy I know and he says, it's like going to a sporting event, except everybody's rooting for the same team. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So we're going to go back, back uh, somewhere back in time here. Yeah. And um, you're a younger kid growing up. Uh, before you get into rock and metal music at whatever age that happens, what what kind of music, like what kind of music were you hearing growing up? It was rock. It was actually rock. I have, I was, it was mostly what's on the radio. So it was some sure. Aussie stuff, some, uh, what else? Was some Def Leppard. Gotcha. Uh, there was no mate at the time because they weren't, they didn't play it on the radio. Sure, sure. So one of my friends from high school, he had mentioned the Iron Maiden and I had seen it in magazines. Like, okay, what's this band about? Yeah. So he, he brought me a cassette, you know, cassettes. That's, that was oh, yeah. Then. Oh, yeah. So he, he had the seven son of a seven son on cassette. I took okay. it home. I put it on there. And I pushed play. So it just starts. I'm like, wow, this is it's different. Yeah. So as Bruce is singing the song for Moonchild, I'm reading the lyrics. Okay. All right. Next song. Then the next one. Then seven son comes on. And the music just completely different to me because yeah. it was like, to me, it was just totally different. Yeah. Same thing. I'm reading the lyrics. I press stop. I was like, I don't think I'm ready for this yet. <laughs> so how old were you at this time? I was about 14, 15. Okay. 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 And I gave it back to my friend. He's like, man, it's very different. Yeah. Compared to what's on the radio. Because usually if you want to hear some music, it was on the radio. Sure. Rock music. Sure. Or other cassettes. And I had listened to a little bit of Metallica. So I was like, okay, kind of seeing the heavier stuff of music. Yeah. And he's like, well, check this one out. He brought me Number of the Beast. Okay. I put it on, on, on cassette also. And then I pushed play. I'm like, wow. I was hooked from there, from that whole cassette. Sure. From Children Invaders, Children of the Dam. Uh, Hollow be the name, number of the beast. I'm like, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I went to the local record store and I, I bought my I bought my copy of uh, Number of the Beast. Yeah, and they also had the the first album on cassette. I'm okay. Like, so I bought it too, and I, and my friend had told me, "What's well, it's a the different singer? His name's Paul Diano. He's a different singer." And I put it I, same thing. I played. It, I'm like, that was just amazing. Really. I liked it. I was going to ask you, because I was, I was wondering about that, because for me, the first time I heard Paul Diano, I was just like, this guy sucks, <laughs> you know, because I, I was used to Bruce. Yes. And uh, it took me a while, you know, to, mm-hmm. to, to warm up to him. But uh, that's interesting. Yes, that's I, very I interesting. I liked it. I mean, um, Remember Tomorrow, I think it sounds great. Oh, yeah. Phantom of the Opera, that's one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. 
And just to see that Maiden, Iron Maiden play it live, I get goosebumps. Oh, when yeah. Maiden takes us, plays it, yeah. I get goosebumps. Yeah. So that's how it started. And from there, I started picking up the other ones. And my first vinyl on vinyl was uh, actually Live After Death. And you open it up and you see the pictures all over them. And I'm like, wow, this mm -hmm. is amazing. Mm -hmm. I can't believe a band would actually do this kind of production on, to do a tour like this. And I had missed it. Again, I was too young to go to concerts. Sure, sure. And the first uh, tour that they came to Dallas that I was able to go was uh, prayer for, No Prayer for the Dying. No Prayer. Yeah. And I was already a fan of Anthrax because I had gotten to a little heavier stuff from, like I said, from Metallica to Anthrax. Yeah. A little bit of Slayer. And both bands were great. It was different styles. I liked it. Were you here in the area in Dallas? Yes. It so you Dallas. were. It was the Fair Park Coliseum. Yes, at the State Fair so Coliseum. We, we were at the same show then. Yes. <laughs> I remember they had chairs. Yeah. For at at the very front, and after the lights came back on, after Anthrax did their performance, the chairs were just scattered everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So that was a good memory. Oh yeah, yeah. And what I liked about that tour, they played like six songs from Number of the Beast, I believe. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't. I don't remember the set list anymore. But yeah, so that that stood out a lot because I got to hear the songs that I, I picked up as sure. I got into the band, and it was a good tour. And it was um one of the funniest things that, that I remember about that tour. When uh, they play Iron Maiden, and they had the coffin in the back, mm -hmm. and we had almost nosebleed section seats. Sure. At an angle, looking at the stage, so we can see the guy in the back pulling the ropes, making, <laughs> making the hands of the, of the uh, Eddie move. That's funny. So that was like a memorable thing. That is, that is, that's pretty funny that you got yeah. to see that. That's pretty yes. funny. So okay, so you got into him. You heard Seventh Son. You went back to Number of the Beast. Even got to kill, uh, the first album. Yes. You know, and I'm assuming you worked your way up. You know, Killers, yes. Peace of Mind, that's Power right. Slave. Um, out of those albums, like what, what did everything, was there anything that you didn't, like when you went back to Seventh Son, uh -huh. by the time you get back there, after you go through everything else, is it like, oh yeah, this is awesome? Yes. That was, that was my, the reaction I got because after I heard everything, then I went back to Seventh Son and I'm like, it's just, it was, it's different, stands out from the other ones because it's a completely different sound. Sure. And... Maybe I just wasn't ready because of the type of style it was. Because I picked, I put it on again. And I was like, "Wow, this is just amazing!" And yeah. it's actually one of my favorite ones now too. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a big. It's a very much of a favorite for a lot of people. Yes. That was the first tour I saw was Seventh Son, wow. and I was, uh, <clears throat> I think I was fifteen. Uh -huh. No, I was sixteen. And Ace Fraley's band opened Fraley's Comet, yes. which I was a big Kiss fan, but I and I was kind of excited to see Ace, but. I can remember, you know, the whole thing starts, Seven Deadly Sins, you mm -hmm. know, and then the, the keyboard part mm -hmm. starts and, and you're just kind of waiting. And, and, and the funny thing is, is like, I think we were 16th row or mm -hmm. so in the front, first 20 rows. And I think I paid 18 bucks for the ticket. <laughs> Nowadays, you're not even getting parked. You're not even parking your car for 18 bucks. Right. But yeah, I mean, I remember them coming on stage and just, you know, just all that energy of, the age they were in 1988 and just incredible. Yes. And so, so you got into Maiden. Or your first thing was Seventh Son. So I'm gonna I'm gonna slowly work that work us moving forward. Okay. To to all the way to present day. So not too long after that, um, Adrian Smith they they tour. They're working on No Prayer. 
Adrian Smith, uh, you know, depending on who you hear it from, either got fired or left. Him and Steve had a disagreement, and Adrian was not in the band anymore, whatever, however you look at it. What did you think whenever you heard Adrian wasn't going to be in the band? Did, it, did you immediately think, this isn't good, or did you think, eh, who cares, it's Iron Maiden, as long as Iron Maiden's here? Well, I wanted to hear the, the record. The no Prayer for the Dying first. But okay. I was hoping because they're like, okay, they're going to continue as a band. Sure. And you're still going to hear this, all the songs that from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was a different style. Because comparing Seven Sons to No Prayer is completely different. Oh, sure. You know, So that, I've, I had a lot of friends that didn't like it. But, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Oh, sure. And up to now, I still like it. It's different. Some of the songs, you, they grow on you as a fan. Yeah. And I like it. I always liked it. I never, there's, granted, there's a couple like hooks in you. Yes. Yeah, I'll pass. <laughs> yes. But there's some, like, I love the song Mother Russia. That's yeah, a good one. Um, you know, I like Tail Gunner and Holy Smoke's a little cool, ho- hokey. Yes. But it's cool. No Prayer for the Dying's a great song. There's a yes. lot of good stuff on there. Yes. But it's, di- like you said, it's a different sound. I didn't notice it back then. I was just like, cool, it's Iron Maiden. Adrian's gone. Okay, uh, Yannick, whoever he is, cool. It's Iron Maiden. They're still here, and uh, so you saw that tour. So time goes on. The next album comes out, Fear of the Dark. And uh, well, what did you think when you heard Fear of the Dark? Because at this point, you're you're a Maiden fan for three or four years now. Um, the first song, Be Quick or Be Dead, and I was like, wow. Yeah, they're going back to the heavier side, and I love that song. Yeah. It was great. So some some of the songs were a little bit, I guess, I want to say not on the heavier, too heavier. Like from here to eternity, I was like, okay, it's kind of catchy, you know. <laughs> but um, Wasted Love, I think it's a great song. Yeah. You know, yeah. you want to call it a ballad or sure. whatever, something like that. But it's a great song. It's Iron Maiden. Yes. And Fear of the Dark, I think it's one of the greatest songs. Okay. You know. The fans may not agree with some fans may not agree with it because again, Adrian Smith's not in the band. Yeah. This that song is just it gets played on every tour. Yeah. Why? Because it's a great song. Yeah, it's a good a good fan song. Yes. I, I think my personal opinion is that Fear of the Dark is the worst album they ever put out. Really? Because it's got Bruce on it. Yes. And you got songs like uh The Apparition. Yes. Weekend Warrior. Mm-hmm. Um the Fugitive, just songs that you're like, like I think, I don't hate The Fugitive. I mean, there's good bits in all of the songs, but I'm like, like just say The Apparition and Weekend Warrior. I'm like, one of those is not the worst Iron Maiden song ever because it's on an album with that one. It's not the wor- even the worst song on its album. But if, it, if it, either one of those songs was on any other album, you know, maybe Virtual Eleven, you would go, okay, um, um, Angel the Gambler's worse. Mm-hmm. But I like I always kind of put those in a separate pile because Blaze era is completely different. Oh yes, you I mean you can't? I almost think you can't even compare the Blaze and the Bruce era because the Bruce era has such a higher standard for it mm-hmm. because it's Bruce. I mean, I like Blaze and I like the albums Blaze was on, but they're different. You know, it's it's not. They just don't. You know. Bruce is the definitive singer yes, of Iron Maiden. Blaze true. has said that. Paul has said that. Yeah. 
Bruce knows it, <laughs> you know, Steve obviously thinks that, but, um, yeah, I, I just, but I love some of it. Like to me, Judas be my God. It's my favorite song on the album. I love that one so much. Love that one so much. Um, so obviously, did you go see that tour? Yes. It was here with um, Corrosion and Conformity, Testament, and Iron Maiden. Okay. See, I went to that. I cannot, I can never remember that Testament opened that show. Yes. Hmm. It, was, it was different. It was like Thrash Band, yeah. Maiden, but yeah, yeah. it was a good tour. I remember that. It was a good one. That's where, do you have any of the old tour shirts? Like, did you get shirts back then and, and still have any of them? Or? I lost them. That's the that's yeah. sad part about it. Uh, just moving from apartment to apartment, and yeah. I had them in, I guess, in a big bag, and I lost a lot of a lot of tour shirts like that. And and I asked I asked Frank that because, um, like I said, you know, he's got, I mean, he's got this one room in his house completely covered. Well, every wall is covered with albums and picture discs and all these things. And then on top of that, he's got, got shelves full of other albums and picture discs. Cause I'm just like, I said, Hey, what, what happens when you die? Who does this go to? He goes, I don't know. I was like, we need to talk about, I need to set you up with a will, <laughs> put my name on it. But, um, yeah, I, I feel the same. Cause I, I had so many cool tour shirts. Like, you know, you had the, uh, the seventh son picture discs up yes. a couple, two or three different ones. And I looking at him going, man, I had the shirt with that. And don't even know where it, you know, just it, it's, Unless it's in a box at my parents' house, which I highly doubt. But um, yeah, that's that's cool. Corrosion of conformity and testament. I totally don't remember. I don't remember that. At all. That's where I got that big poster I was telling you oh, about, though. That's okay. where I got yes. the fear of the dark poster that that my uh, roommate was a little fearful, <laughs> fearful of. Well, it's a it's a cool cover, and I can see how some well some again it was a different artist also. Mm-hmm. Was it? I think so. so. Yes, and so it's it's different, and it was like. Okay, it's cool, but overall, it's still another another maiden cover that stands out on its own. It's yeah, it's very different, but it's so it to me, it's one of the like number of the beast has a certain cartoonish thing about it yes. because there's Eddie and he's got his hand out like the marionette of the devil, and the devil's got his hand out with the marionette of Eddie, uh-huh. you know, like who controls who, and then you know, peace of mind's a little more simple. Power slave is a, a mummy drawing. Um, Somewhere in time is incredible. Oh, you can look at that somewhere in time all day. Like I told you, I looked at it one day, saw somebody, wondered who it was. I emailed Derek or sent a message to Derek Riggs' wife. I, I thought it was him, but it was his wife. And she says, this is his wife. You know, can I help you? He, yeah. Look over Eddie's head to the right, up in the elevator. There's a guy standing there. Uh, does he remember who he is? <laughs> He's like... Yeah, I just had to fill some space. <laughs> like, like the world of Iron Maiden is so cool, you know. But but it's still, you know, with the characters, you know, with with Adrian and Nico and all them standing there, they're a little cartoonish. Yes, Fear of the Dark is not cartoon. Fear of the Dark is like that's scary. That's a scary Eddie. Yes. So, uh, but like I said, some people thought it was kind of wasn't as it definitely you know was different than like Seventh Son and going down whatever. But next thing happens in Iron Maiden history, obviously, is. Well, one of the biggest things, because there's another one of the biggest things that happened about eight years later, too. But uh, we find out that uh, Bruce Dickinson is leaving the band. Yes. Sad part of history. Yeah. What did you think when you hear this? Well, I was surprised. I was like, okay, so who's going to be the next singer? And obviously, they auditioned several singers, and they ended up getting Blaze Bailey. Yeah. So I was open to see what it was going to sound like. Mm-hmm. And 
I bought the CD and first song, I'm like, it's different. So it was more of a slower pace. Yeah. And I actually liked it. Now from, from beginning to end, I thought it was, I think it's a great song. Yeah. It's a masterpiece. Oh yeah. And I loved it. The vocals were different. Sure. And to me, it, it fit perfect with the song, the way it was structured out. Um, there were some other songs on there that they were, to me, it was just, again, an, a completely different sound from the Fear of the Dark. Obviously, yeah. And obviously from the other previous albums. Yeah. Uh, but I, overall, I did like it. It's interesting because um, it happened with Queen Drake way, way later down the road. But Maiden went and got a different kind of, I mean, they, like Steve Harris went out and said, I assume it was Steve Harris making the decision. You know, we he's the boss. Yes. So he goes out and gets somebody that's nothing like Bruce. Maybe they got similar personalities, but vocally, it's different range. Yeah, he's. A, I think. I, don't, I think. I don't know what. What would Bruce Dickinson be considered, Sarah? Would he be considered like a soprano or a uh, like? A, I mean, because because Blaze is a baritone. Mm-hmm. What would, what was the next level up from a baritone? I don't know. Oh, come on. You're supposed to be smart. Never mind. Um, so, but, but, you know, Blaze has a deeper regular voice yes. singing and then Bruce does. And so, you know, they didn't, they didn't do him any favors. You know, when you know how high the chorus is that heaven can what? and yes. then trying to get Blaze to sing it, you hear the live recordings of it and it's, you feel for the guy. Yes. Okay. So they went and got that Judas priest goes out. Rob Halford's gone, and they get another guy that can. His voice is different, but man, he can get those high notes. Get those high notes, which makes you think. Well, they went and got a clone because they had seen live videos of him. And Queen Drake went out and got someone who knocks it out of the park, as I was telling you earlier. Oh, uh, you know, later on. But do you feel like? Because this is something I've been thinking a lot about lately. Let's just say that the. Um, Iron Maiden got the perfect fit, like the guy that Todd Latore is in Queensryche, replacing Jeff Tate. A younger version can, if like I'm, I told people, if you went to that Queensryche concert I went to and you were uh, blind, you you would have thought Jeff Tate was up there singing it. I mean, he was good, but I wonder if they wouldn't have got someone like Blaze, if they would have gotten someone like Bruce, and let's just say he. Exactly as good as Bruce. Like you, you come in there blind, you don't even know a difference. Wonder if Bruce would have came back. Would the band have elevated sooner? Would would fear? You know, would would the note? Would the time frame of Blaze be considered with whoever the other guy was? Would it have been different? Like would people have? Like would they have exploded again sooner? What do you think? That's a good question. I think. Uh... It's to me. I know it's not easy. <laughs> I know. I think it'll be it'll be hard to say because it's. I think the the, the songs for X Factor would have been would have sounded completely different, obviously. But I think the music wise would have changed also mm-hmm. to fit the voice. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Now, now, so did you see the X Factor tour? No, I didn't. But I went outside. I was outside the venue. Uh huh. Played. And I took some vinyls with me. I was like, okay, let's see what happens. Yeah. And obviously, 
Steve Harris came out and Blaze Bailey came out. So I had the first vinyl signed by Steve Harris, uh, Power Slave, a real live one. And I think, uh, I don't know what the other one was. I have it in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a lot of Steve Harris signatures in yes. there. So. That's really cool. So did you have any kind of dialogue with them at all when you were there? Do you remember any of it? No, because there was just so many fans that were there, too. Sure, sure. So it was sure. just like, sign them. All right, next one. Did you get a them. picture? Did you, were you going to get a picture? I a picture somewhere. Okay, I want to see it before I leave. <laughs> I have to find it. I was, again, much younger. Gotcha, then. gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's cool. That's really cool. So so you saw, okay, so after Fear of the Dark, or Fear of the Dark, X Factor, Virtual Eleven comes out. And you remember getting that? I passed on it when it came out. Okay. And I didn't think much of it. You know, I heard one song on think on maybe on on a on the video on a video or maybe it was a video. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's completely different too. Probably the Angel and the Gambler. Yes, I think it was that one. And do you know that Rod Smallwood fought Steve on that? He's like, you can't release this eight-minute song or whatever length it is. It's you've got future real. Future real is three minutes. It's it's the it's like the trooper. I mean, it's a quick pace song. I mean, trooper's a better song. Trooper's yes. trooper's phenomenal song. Matt, um, you met Matt, right? Yes. Yes. You know, Matt doesn't like the trooper. Wow. He likes it, but he said he's tired of it. <laughs> Overplayed, yes. he said. Yes, it's, it's, I guess it's that song that is very popular. Yeah. But has it been overplayed? Never. 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 Some fans are going to think that. Some are not. Some of the dumb fans like Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, once you hear it live, it just, yeah. you feel it again. Yeah. He likes this song. I've been giving him a hard time lately because we did an episode and he he ranked it in a weird way. And, oh, man, I just... I almost lost it. <laughs> I was like, I never get tired of that. But anyway, um, so okay, so you passed on the X Factor. So you and you. So I guess that means you wouldn't have seen a tour. No. Okay. Okay. I don't think they did a US tour. Yeah, I think tour. they did a little a bit, small. but I think I got cut short or yes. something. I, uh, I'm There's, sure. Okay. From what I remember, just reading it, a lot of dates were canceled. Yeah, Bruce, uh, Blaze was having some vocal issues yes. too, and uh, yeah, that whole thing kind of, you know ended kind of weird but now also while this is going on you know bruce was out of the band he released balls to picasso do you remember getting that when it came out no i didn't i caught on to the bruce dickinson solo records later okay okay so you didn't hear accident of birth or chemical okay okay yeah. yeah i remember getting balls to picasso when it came out and just being that made me really think i don't care if they got a new singer because bruce is still doing stuff too yes so and I liked Balls to Picasso, you know. And then, of course, Accident of Birth came out. And well, Skunk Works came out as well and was different, but I liked that. Uh, Accident of Birth, I got to go see that tour like I was telling you earlier. I mean, I was – this is the stage. I was at the front of the stage. There was one point where I think Bruce lost his balance, puts his hand on my head. <laughs> and my friend Jamie that was with me, he goes he, – I turn around he's like, you just got baptized, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so That's funny! Good. It's funny. It's good. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, he stepped. Bruce stepped on my hand, and it's just like you're. I'm like, and and the, the wildest. It's just wild being that close. 
to these guys that you idolize and then going, I'm standing here and then I look like this. That's Adrian Smith. You know, right over here, 10 feet away from me. And I'm sure there was points where he got right in front of me and played. I've got, I've got some pictures at home still from that show, you know, and. Well, that, that's one reason I, I picked them up because I, I read about it that Adrian Smith was doing some of those solo records with him. Mm-hmm. And I picked up a. Chemical Wedding or Chemical actually. Wedding. Yeah. I, and I liked it. Yeah. I, I play it at work sometimes, the whole record, just because I think it's great. Oh, it is, yeah. Yeah, and the producer, Roy Z. Yeah. also in the band, too. Yeah. Like, that's, it's a great record. Yeah. And how exciting is it, you know, that Roy Z's been posting pictures with Bruce here in the yes. last two weeks? Yes. I'm I excited mean, to see what the new one's going to be like or what it sounds like. I'm curious, you know, because it seems like everything... Because Accident of Birth was heavy. Like, yes. you, when you went from... Balls to become or skunk works mm-hmm. to accident of birth. It was heavy, and then to me, chemical wedding was heavy, but it just it was not quite as heavy. And then, of course, when tyranny of souls came out, I mean, man, that thing was really heavy. So I'm wondering where will he fall in there? <clears throat> where will it, will it be? Like, I would love something else like chemical wedding or accident of birth. I think we all would, but you wonder where's Bruce's head at? So, but it'll be good. It's yes. gonna be exciting, you know. Yes. Sarah's sitting next to me and she's uh, making faces at both of us. (laughs) So, okay. So, obviously, the next thing that happens in Maiden history is, you know, we said that Bruce leaving the band was the biggest thing that ever happened. Other, Well, you know what? Bruce joining the band originally was the biggest thing that happened. Then the second biggest thing that happened was him leaving the band. Now... The next biggest thing happens, and it's funny how they all involve him. And, well, this time Adrian, though, him and Adrian both come back to the band. So at some point back in, like, 99, I think it was 99, early 99, they announced this. What do you think when you hear this news? I was excited. At the same time, it's like, well, what's it going to sound like? What's the new record going to sound like? Is it going to be somewhere along the path of uh, No Prayer for the Dying? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Or... X Factor. So it was there was too many time time changed a lot where what's it gonna be like? So you were a little apprehensive. Okay. Yeah, okay. So I was like, okay, what's what's it gonna sound like? Yeah, that's understandable too. I mean And once it came out, I bought it and I was like, Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's a great comeback record for for both the guys to join the band again. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. Every song on there. I don't think there's a bad song on there. I agree with you. You know, and uh, and I know I know your buddy's going to listen to this, Chris. Well, personally, and and I, if I had, if it's hard for me to rank albums, like to say my favorite Iron Maiden album is this because there's so many different things. But that album there, I won't say where it ranks for me, but it ranks over every single album before it. Every single. One of them. Wow. Seventh Son, Somewhere in Time, Number of the Beast, Peace of Mind, all of them. I'm going to put that one in one of my top five. I think that the the way the album ends, The Nomad, Mm -hmm. Out of the Silent Planet, and Thin Line Between Love and Hate, in my personal opinion, there is no better three-song run, three in order, on any album, any Iron Maiden album. Any. That's the best three songs. I mean, 
they got um, so many good songs anyway. But like to me, that that is just like three incredible songs all together. Well, one thing about the Nomad, every time I hear it, there's something about that song that always just catches my attention. Where I stop what I'm doing just to hear the song. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's unique. Yes, it's yes. a really good song. Yeah, and the whole record from Wicker Man goes to the Navigator again. Mm-hmm. Brave New World. It's a great record. I, love I mean, a song like Blood Brothers. Blood Brothers. It's a great song. I remember being at the Book of Souls show. And I'm never I'm never one of these guys that's got my arms around everybody and singing with them and all that. But I remember, you probably remember this, Sarah. They were doing Blood Brothers. And me and this dude behind me, this Middle Eastern dude... And, you know, we're singing the song and we looked at each other and, man, me and this guy locked arms and we're both like, we're blood brown. <laughs> just like so stupid, you know. But, I mean, it was such a moment, man. Yes. It was like that mo- that band, that song, it just encapsulates. Everybody in the crowd. Yes. The same thing happened to me when I saw them in, Go ahead. in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. Once they played that song, it's like everybody just felt the. The music and the song, everybody just came together for it. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those songs that just gets everybody's attention. Oh, yeah. Go down the hall, turn right, first right, there's the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> I knew that's what you are going to ask. So, did you get to see the uh, Brave New World tour? No, I missed that tour. Oh, no! Yes. Oh, man. You know, and for me, the funny thing is, I like I told you, I caught it, but I was going to see Rob Halford. Uh-huh. I was... I just hadn't gotten, I mean, I don't, I hadn't just joined the Maiden Club yet again. I just, I was just kind of like, I was happy. Like, cool, Iron Maiden's here. Rob Halford's here. Queensryche's here. I was into, I liked all of them. I mean, I, at one time I was a huge Queensryche fan, a huge Maiden fan. And obviously, you know, with, with Rob out of Priest, I saw him when he toured for his band Fight. So did I. At Dallas City Limits? Yes, with Anthrax. No, was it? I don't think so. No, no, no. no when I saw them, they were both headline shows for him. Okay. It was uh, the Small Deadly Space and it was the War Awards. I saw yes. both of them. And I, I got. They're great. They're yeah, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I loved, like, to me, you know, I know this rubs people the wrong way I sometimes because it's an Iron Maiden podcast. And Iron Maiden is my favorite band, but my favorite vocalist of all time is Rob. Like, he's just, he's untouchable. I mean, maybe not now. He's a 70-something-year-old man. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in his prime, he was untouchable. He was untouchable. And I want to say Jeff Tate was that way, too. I don't think uh, – I mean, and, and Bruce was always great. But I, re- I, re- I read this book. It's, it's about Queensryche. And in the book, they said that Queensryche opened for Maiden on Power Slave. Like, and they said that – Bruce would stand on the side of the stage sometimes and watch Jeff Tate sing. And the guy who wrote the book, he's like, wherever he got the story from, he said, and Bruce was just could not believe the ease with, with which Jeff Tate was throwing those notes out. Cause he, you know, Rob's Rob can sing high, but he never, he never was hitting those Jeff Tate, Rob Halford, incredible, credible high. I mean, they're all unique and uh, they're all unique voices. Yes. I mean, Bruce, phenomenal, you know, but, uh, but like I, when I told someone that and they were like, wow, that really says a lot that Bruce was standing on the side of the stage watching him and just being like, how's he do that? <laughs> you know, cause it's just different voices. 
but but I, yeah, I, I wanted to see Rob. I mean, I liked his fight albums. Um, his so that Resurrection album, so good. I remember hearing it just going, oh my god! You know how it opens with him going Resurrection, and then he gets like way way up there, and yes. he opened the show like that. Yes, and you're just like, oh wow, yeah. yes. I, I have the live recording of it, so like I hear it like wow. Yeah, great. it was incredible. It was you know, and of course. Maiden came out, and, and I don't like someone was like, Yeah, you remember? Because Adrian Smith walks on stage first by himself and he starts the Wicker Man. And I was like, You know, the sad thing is, is I was at that show, I don't have any recollection of that at all. <laughs> I just probably remember the lights going out and, you know, and then the music started, and you know, it is what it is. So, so you were into the band, you're still, you know, you're still a fan, you just didn't get to see the tour. Um, and a lot of people think, because I didn't tell you this earlier, but I've actually interviewed Blaze once. And he had written, you know, there's songs like Blood Brothers. There's multiple songs on that album that he was writing with Steve. And, you know, he sold the rights to him because he had to fund the rest of his life, you know, moving forward at least. And when I talked to him, you know, his album Silicon Messiah, I don't know if, you, if you've heard that or not by Blaze. I haven't. It's his first solo album. I want to say it was released the same day Brave New World is. It's phenomenal. It, Blaze Bailey on those Iron Maiden albums compared to Blaze Bailey on his solo albums, two different people. Wow. I mean, his voice is still, but I mean, it's like really you listen to his solo material and, and you think Steve, the, and I hate to say it like this. I was talking to Matt about this the other day. I said, in a way being in Maiden was the best thing that could have happened to Blaze because being in the biggest band, the biggest metal band in the world, right? catapulted his rest of his life. He'll always be able to do something because he'll always be able to be like, yeah, I was in Iron Maiden. But in a way I told Matt, I said, I think Steve Harris was holding him back because when he got in the band, he had this personality and, and they had him, they, you know, Hey, you got to have to dial that back a lot, you know? And so when he got out and went solo, you know, he learned a lot from Steve songwriting wise, but man, that for you listen to that. If you listen to Silicon Messiah, the album, you you're going to be blown away. I didn't, I didn't hear it till like a year and a half ago. And the first time I heard it, I was just like, holy crap. And he told me that half of the songs on that album, he had written for Brave New World. Wow. And when you hear it, you're just going to be like, oh my gosh. But then I, I told, this is what I told Matt, that I was like, man, this is going to be controversial if I ever say it out loud. I said, but I wonder if Steve Harris would have taken those songs and maidenized them so much that they wouldn't have been the same thing that they are. And they would have still probably been good, but in a totally different way. So I was like, I mean, you'll have to listen to that. Well, maybe there's some recordings out there. I don't, uh, he never, I've never heard anything <laughs> or heard it implied, but yeah, it would be awesome if there yes. was. There probably is something with Blaze, you know, yeah. singing like Blood Brothers and stuff, but okay. So Dance of Death came out next. And you get Dance of Death. And a lot of people think that that's where Maiden really was totally back because there wasn't any Blaze era material being written, you know, that was left over from that session. What did you think of that album when it came out? Uh, that one also, to me, is different also. Mm -hmm. But it defines where they were changing. I guess a lot of people say the word progressive metal, changing okay. into that direction. Sure. On some of the songs. Yeah. And it's a different sound, but that one, there's no way you can't compare it to the eighties albums. And it, to me, it stands out on its own. Yeah. It's a great record. There's some good songs on there. Dance of Dead itself. Uh, uh, 
You got Rainmaker, you Rainmaker, got Journeyman, you Journey. got, uh, you got the Journey. Passchendaele. Passchendaele, that's one of my favorite ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a great record. I like oh, it. Oh, yeah. Now, you, didn't you tell me earlier that you thought that was probably the best album cover they'd ever done? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, we. Yeah, that's that one. You know, it's that some people are like, I don't even know if I want to listen to this album because the album cover is so bad. So, yeah. But, but yeah, there's some really good stuff on yes. there. There's some good yes. stuff on there. Um, and did you get to see that tour? I missed that one too. Ooh, yeah. See, I and I definitely didn't see. I didn't see any tours. For me, I saw Seventh Son, No Prayer, Fear of the Dark, and then I didn't see uh, the Blaze tours. I saw Brave New World. Like I said, I was there for Rob, but I still saw it. And then I did not see another tour until um, the Made in England show in 2012. So I missed all of these. And but next album's out. Matter, life, and death. And we discussed this earlier. So, but but for anyone, obviously, no one else has heard this conversation. So, what what's your thoughts on a matter of life and death? It took me a while to get to it, uh, to like it, mm-hmm. because the songs, even that, well, the whole album to me, it's more uh, a long. It's a longer paced record. The songs are a little bit more. Uh, what do we use the word? Hip? They're dark, darker, kind of yes. intricate. Yes. I mean, which is normal, but but. Those are dark on a different level. Yes, it it stands out on its own. Also, you can't compare that one to uh, anything else. Yeah. So, and it took me a while to get to actually like some of the songs, but it was just a matter of you know what? Let me listen to it again, again and again, and finally, sure. like you know what? It's a great record. Yeah, yeah. And again, that tour was very limited. I think it was just on the East yeah. Coast and yeah. Canada area, so missed that tour. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's it's kind of common what you're saying about that because a lot of people struggle with like it being so different. Yes. Like, and I, but for me, like when I was coming back to Iron Maiden and I was hearing things over the years, that's one of the first ones that I heard that I was just like, wow, this is really good. Like it really caught my, it's funny because like Dance of Death didn't catch my attention and The Final Frontier didn't catch my attention because I was hearing these a little bit later. And, but man, when I heard that one, I remember it just really, it really grabbed me because I, I tend to like dark, the dark stuff, you know, like, like a song like, um, can I play with madness? It's a little more happy paced yes. and, and uh, wildest dreams from dance of death. It opens up, you know, and it's kind of got this happier sound and that album, just everything is pretty dark and serious. And I, I, I'm not a dark and serious person. I'm like kind of goofy and joking all the time, but I love my music to be that way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it just really it connected with me pretty quick, and so that's like to me that that is my favorite Iron Maiden album. I mean, I rank that numeral uno. Wow! So um, it's just and it's solid. Every like every song, kind of like what you said about Brave New World, and on this one, I think it's even a, a step above it. Whereas every song feels like it's perfectly placed too. And there's a couple on Brave New World that I like them, but it's not like they feel perfectly placed you know like maybe like the mercenary or something but but everyone on there feels like you couldn't move it anywhere else on the album they're like it's sequenced very well and um i love it man i just love that album and i hate that they toured it played the full album which wasn't a popular thing you know for a lot of people tried to record it and supposedly the power went out the night they were recording it you know for a lot for a proper live album which they've done for every other album yes. since 2000 so but they're like you said the bootlegs are out there and i've seen a couple bootlegs and listened to them and it's just 
I love it. I love it. Um, so now we're, uh, let's see, that was 06, 07. So 08, was that the year they did the Somewhere Back in Time tour? Yes. And um, did you get to go see that? Actually, I did. Uh, uh, at the time, there was no uh, Dallas dates at the time. Okay. No Texas dates. So they played in Monterey, Mexico. And I have a friend that has another friend down there. He's like, hey, Maiden's playing over there. And they're doing the Somewhere Back in Time. They're going to do the Power Slave stage. I'm like getting goosebumps right now. <laughs> I can see him. <laughs> and he's like, let's go. All right, let's go. So we went. And That's I, cool. I didn't have a ticket. So we went up there just to see what was available. From The show was sold out. Yeah. It was in a, an arena like a American Airlines Center here. And I ended up paying scalper price about 200 bucks. Sure. But it was a floor ticket. So I was happy with that. Yeah. And before... Throughout the day, there was a lot of vendors out there just selling bootleg T-shirts and all kinds of little figurines or little sculptures. Yeah. And that was cool, you know, because these are fans that are like, make their own stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And finally went to the show, and I was just amazed just to have, just to see the Power Slave stage, which Mm -hmm. is not the the same like the original one, but it it changed a little bit. Sure. But for them, just to start with... uh, the intro for Ace is High, yeah. and then kick it off to Ace is High. And the first, it was like the first four, so- four songs from A Matter of Life and Death. And I was like, wow, are they just going to play the whole thing live? Yeah. So that was cool. And then they mixed it up with some of the older songs, but it was just all older songs. So it was a, it was a fun show. I liked it. I liked the whole, the whole, the backdrops where they're changing from different different uh, images in the back and it was to me that was very that was very very uh very good very fun tour for me to see because all, all, all i can do is just see images from the album sure sure yeah, yeah. and they actually played a uh, moon child and i was like wow <sighs> didn't they open did they do that as the um encore encore and then adrian played on guitar yes. Oh, yes. oh man that's so awesome yes and the other song that stood out to me a lot was a uh, rhyme of the ancient mariner just yeah. to finally hear that song live. sure sure yeah. yeah there you go goosebumps <laughs> yeah that's and for anyone wondering if anything weird's going on here my daughter just sitting over here popping all her knuckles and and i keep looking over at her and then she's laughing and then frank's trying to keep a serious face and keep talking here <laughs> so that's really cool, though. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I've, that's my, I think that's, I mean, I loved, I've seen Moonchild twice, you know, when all the they, but both times it was with the intro music. It wasn't with Adrian playing the, that, in, that keyboard intro on his guitar and I'm, you know, hearing it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yes. That's so cool. That's yes. so cool. That's neat so, that you got to see it. Um, that was in 2008. The following year, the second leg of the tour was announced mm-hmm. and they were going to play again in Mexico, but, there was no Dallas State. That's weird. Yes. And I think the closest one might have been San Antonio, Austin during the week. Okay. So I ended up going down there again, but this time they played at a soccer stadium, which oh wow. uh, more people were there. And the, there was a local band there. Uh, it was Morbid Angel. Okay. Carcass. Man, we get some death metal bands yes. up in there. And the other one that was kind of odd was a, a Treyu. I've heard of them, yeah. Yes, but... To me, that band was very, didn't fit at all. Yeah. And one of the stories about them, when they were playing their set, 
someone in the crowd threw something and hit one of the, it's either the guitar player or the bass player. Uh-huh. And it busted his head. So oh, yeah. it was like bleeding. Yeah. And after that, of course, Maiden came on and just kicked it out of the park or soccer yeah. ball, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was just amazing. That's just, awesome. And that was my first time seeing Iron Maiden in the stadium with just so many people there. And it was amazing. So was there all the... Um, well, I've been to ask you about the, um, going to Mexico because I know, you know, soccer's bigger in Mexico. So were all this soccer-style chants, the whole... Everyone singing "Fear of the Dark" and the key, and the guitar parts going on. Oh yes, yes, yeah, it's the whole stadium. They would just bring out the lights, mm. and you see the whole crowd. That's awesome. That was a memorable moment. I've always that's one thing that if I could, you know, like go into a show in Chile or something yeah. where where the fans are just singing the the, vocal, the guitars and just so cool. Yes, it doesn't happen that much over here. No, it's a it's a different crowd. It's yeah. they're more. I guess they're more passionate about it, about it. Sure. And I'm sure here we have some fans, but not everybody's doing the same thing. Yeah. I know I know when we see, like when I've seen Fear of the Dark, you know, on the last couple of tours, and I'm singing along, oh, and you just, you know, it's just like, you there's not that many people doing it. It just doesn't have the same goosebump-inducing yes. effect that you, when you listen to the album, you know, listen to Rock and Rio or whatever, yes. and you're just like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. So... Okay, so that was the so you saw the second leg of the tour yes. in Mexico, and then after that they put another album out. They put out a uh, Final Frontier. Final Frontier. So you get Final Frontier. What do you think of Final Frontier, the album? I liked it. It was again it, that one was also to me. It's, it sounded different. They're and moving I, progressively, just yeah, in a certain yes. direction. Yeah, it's all different. And I liked it. And the only thing about that one, when they did did the U.S. tour, the album wasn't out yet. The only song they played was uh, El Dorado. Correct. Well, the intro in El Dorado. Yeah. And one thing I, like, I liked about that tour, they played five songs, I believe, from Brave New World. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes. Uh, maybe four from Matter, Life, and Death. Maybe another four or five from... Uh, Dance of Death. Dance of Death. Yeah. So to me, that was like recapturing those yes. tours that I missed. That, yes. I, I, that's one that's... A lot of people say, oh, I, well, I wouldn't have liked that because it was all the new stuff. And I'm like, man, that's, look, I've heard all the old stuff played. I, I love those songs. But, man, I want to hear songs that I haven't heard. I want to hear the newer material because. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I believe they played maybe Nomad or Blood Brothers on that tour. I'm, I think, I, I don't think they've ever, I don't think they've ever played Nomad, but I'm quite sure they would have played Blood Brothers. Yes. So just to hear that song live, I was like, yeah, ah. Yeah, it's very great. It's a yes. very great song. So I, I like that tour. That was good. That's the one. And, and that was the, I think, opening night was in Dallas. Yes. First, uh, first show. So. Yeah, beat myself in the head for that one. Man, that's 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 one, you know, like you said, the, the revisiting three tours you missed. Yes. Uh, so that was good. That's awesome. That's good. You got to see that, man. That's really cool. And then they, did they come around on a second leg of that tour here? Uh, no. No, they, okay. they didn't. And I actually had a ticket to go again to Mexico to go see them. Okay. And they were going to actually do songs from the album, but I couldn't make it. Yeah. There some family emergencies where I just couldn't make sure, it. Sure, sure. So I ended up giving my ticket to my friend down there. He's like, dude, just take your wife. So yeah. she loved it. That's cool, man. That's cool. And the good thing is, is we got the In Vivo album out of it. Yes. And, you know, I, I love that because one of my favorite songs from that album, The Talisman. Yes. Like, I can't believe that they played the Talisman live. It's so good. So, you know, I'll give you another Matt, something Matt said uh, within the last month. He likes the Talisman 
And maybe, maybe this, maybe Chris will hear this and he'll work the talisman up with his band. But instead of this other song that you're going to drop your jaw when I say this, Matt likes the talisman better Mm -hmm. than rhyme of the ancient Mariner. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That took a while. (laughs) Yeah. I'll be honest. I mean, if, if, if Chris came up to me, I did a poll on Twitter the other day and I was, I named a bunch of the songs that, that, uh, that they played. I named, uh, uh, what did they play? What did they play that I put in the poll? Caught somewhere in time, Mm -hmm. uh, die with your boots on, um, and two other songs. I can't remember that they played, uh, I think, uh, innocent exile and one other one. And I said, if you had a choice to hear any of these songs, which one would you want to hear? And I was talking to Matt about it and, and, and said something about rhyming. He goes, I'd rather hear a, I'd rather hear a, was the song I just named that he said he liked better. The Talisman. The Talisman. He said, I'd rather hear the Talisman. He goes, he goes, I like the rhyme of the ancient Mariner. He goes, but I want to hear the Talisman. He goes, I think it's a better song. He goes, plus you don't, he goes, it's kind of, and that's one thing that's good about when Chris and them play rhyme is that they cut out that section, that like two section. or three minute section. Yes. That's, it, you know, it's cool, but it's like, I like how they get to the end and then the bass just do 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 do. Pat comes in on the bass, you know. It's it's. I like that. I like that. That's cool that they do that. So, um, so you saw the Final Frontier tour. You liked the album. That's all good. And then, this is when I am a hundred percent back in. I'm I'm already back into Maiden at this point, but I haven't bought the new albums. The Final Frontier, the song, when I first turned it on, you know, and it starts out with that weird. And all these weird drumming things going on, just like, and then, you know, Bruce is like, I tried to call the Earth's command and all that. I'm like, what happened to these guys? This is like <laughs> some kind of avant garde kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And so I just didn't listen to it. And then, but I was really getting back into them. And then, for you know, it's stupid. Let me just turn the album off after the first two minutes and not listen to the other 90 minutes or whatever yes. it is. But then they ended up doing the tour for Made in England. Yes. Which was my first tour, essentially, the you know, the Seventh Sun tour. So I got to go to that and just be, you know, they opened up with Moonchild. And I can just remember being just so excited as that, you know, Seven Deadly Sins. I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Finally, this. get to hear it. 1980, from July of 88 till August of 2012. Here we are. You know, I'm I'm back. Now you saw this tour as well, I'm assuming. Yes, here at the well, we still call it the Starplex. Starplex, yes. So many name changes. It's always going to be the Starplex. Oh yeah. So yes, I went to that tour, and again, another. They already had put the set list out on the internet. And it's like I don't want to look at it. Yeah, I, I didn't. Just, I, I didn't want, even see it. I want to hear the songs as they yes. being played, so I can so be surprised. But for them just to have the Seven Sun stage, it's like okay, they're going to do it. They have to. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah, yeah. So that was my highlight for the tour. Oh, just yeah. to hear that song. Oh, yeah. Uh, even the other ones. Uh, they played the Prisoner. They yeah. Played, uh, Phantom of the Opera. Yes. And what I liked about that one was was Bruce was in the back above the drums, and they had the flames just coming out. Yeah, yeah. That was amazing. I liked hearing um, the actual title track, Seventh Son of a yes. Seventh Son. I mean, just like, this is a nine-minute song. Yes. And they're playing the whole thing. Oh, it was so good. It was so cool to hear that. Um, uh, I went to, that was that was the Dallas show. Yes. So a year later, they do second leg of the tour, No Dallas State. Yeah. 
So decided to go to San Bernardino, California. Okay. And I saw the bands that were around there. So eventually Overkill was there, which they were on a different stage. And when we got there, it's a big venue. It's like twice the size of the Star Place. Mm. So like, okay, we missed that band, but it was, was it Testament? Megadeth? Mm. Uh, Sabaton, I believe that's how you say it. Sabaton? No, Sabaton. Sabaton. Oh, Sabaton. Oh, okay, yes. yeah. They played Megadeth and Iron Maiden. So just to hear, see, just to hear Seven Sun twice. Yeah. That was oh, a yeah. highlight. And plus a bigger venue, I yeah. want to say maybe 30,000, 40,000. 30,000, 40,000 people in there. Man. That was, that was a highlight. That's cool, man. That's the biggest I've ever seen is uh, either Starplex or the AAC, you know, the American Airlines Center here when they did Book of Souls, which is the next album. Yes. So Book of Souls. Now, now during this time, you know, was whenever I guess it was he was already clear, but they announced that Bruce had had tongue cancer. Yes. And they already they said, you know, he's went through the chemo. He's cleared. But we're kind of waiting to tour or whatever and they eventually they you know they finally released the album what did you think when you heard the album um of the book of souls i liked it yeah yes the the first song the intro yeah um i liked it i liked the whole concept of well concept of well, the the image of the album yeah. you open it up and you see the pyramids kind of remind me of power slave but you know it's a different era I liked it, and I was like, okay, well, they're gonna, I'm sure they're gonna have something like that on stage. And to me, that was, that was great. Yeah, yeah. And when they announced the tour, there was only like five US shows at the time, and ended up going to Las Vegas for that show. Okay, yeah. And Bruce came out like during the maybe second song or third song. He's like, how many people are actually from here? <laughs> the place was kind of quiet. It's like, yeah. who came from? Another city, another state. Yeah. The whole place went The whole crazy. place goes up. Yes. So that was... That's funny. That was fun. And it would look, again, you know, just there, just meeting new fans and sure. asking them where they're from. And a lot of them, they were, just came from other cities. And that just draws their... Just Iron Man just draws people from different cities just to see them. People travel from all over. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've got... I had one... I've had one guy on my podcast. He lives in... He's from Scotland, but he lives in Greece, and he has seen Iron Maiden, gosh, I want to say over 60 or 70 times, Wow! and he lives in Europe, so he's seen them all over in all these different countries, but I'm pretty sure he's traveled to the States and seen them, He's and I'm just like, first of all, I'm like, what do these people do for a living? That's a good question. Like, what, what kind of money are these people making? That's what I was thinking when I walked in your room in there. What the heck does Frank do here? He's got all this stuff. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, that he everyone when he's talked, he's like, you know, I've met so many people. Uh, I've talked to the guy that told you that I know that that is from Russia. Mm-hmm. It's like he knows people from the states, and they just he said, you know, you, they've met this big group of friends that they start talking whenever there's a tour. Hey, why don't we? Where do y'all want to meet? You know, and they figure out some random place to go. And I'm just like, I don't. I mean, I've heard Metallica fans are like that as well. I'm sure there's a lot of bands that their fans do that kind of stuff, but with Maiden, it just seems different. You know, it seems like a family of people, and it's yes. really blood brothers, yeah. you know, in yeah. essence, you know. And one thing I think I've noticed, when they came back and did the the hits tour, mm-hmm. those tours just draw so many people. Yeah. 
And you see fans there, you know, the older generation. They're there with their kids, grandkids. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. I know. And and you compare the fan base that goes that sees them now, when their fan base kind of went down in the late nineties, yeah. early two thousands. Yeah. They play if they play now at Starplex, it's gonna sell out compared to sure back then. So they brought their fans back. And for a band to do that. Where they are right now in their careers, that says a lot about them. Oh yeah. And the other thing, the what I like about it when they put out an album, they actually play songs from the yes, album, not just one song, like six. Yes, because I know there's some bands I've seen that's like, well, they play maybe one or two songs. What about the rest of the album? I mean, Kiss Kiss did uh, their Sonic Boom and Monster albums, and maybe maybe two songs. Yeah. I mean. Maiden came on Book of Souls. I mean, they did it the same thing on um, Final Frontier. I mean, they do it on every album. But those, and it's not like they're playing six three minute songs. They're playing songs that are nine minutes. I mean, on Book of Souls, they played Red and the Black. That's like thirteen minutes long. Yes, just to hear the song. Like One song, and then Book of Souls, the song is like nine. Yes. So I mean, it's like I love that. You're right. That's and they're they're great songs. You know, and that's to me that's what sets them different because they still play the stuff. That they record. They, it's like they stand behind what they do. Exactly. It's like they're not just recording an album. So, okay, let's put something out, something out. so we can get out back on the road. And I, I was talking to a friend of mine about that because he, he was talking about, he lives in England, and he was talking about going and seeing some bands. And he goes, yeah, but the bad thing is I like their new material, and they're not going to play any of it. They'll just play all their old material. And then we got to talking about, you know, well, that's what we like about Maiden. is yes. You know, you go see the Book of Souls t- tour or the whatever, you're going to hear... Songs from the album. Yes, you're going to hear at least half the album. Yes. And it's, which, let's see here. Okay, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. I was about to go a little too fast here. So um, so you saw that tour. Okay. Uh, in Las Vegas, in here, when they did a full U.S. tour. When they, when they were at the AAC. Yes. Yeah, we were at that one. That's the one. And that's I was going to tell you that, too, because you talked about, you know, we talk about the fans and everything. And I know going to the shows, she's told me, that she likes going to the shows because um, she she's giving me the evil eye. What, what what when you go to the shows? What are people like? What are people like at the at the Iron Maiden shows when we go and all the fans? What are, how do people treat you? Speak nice. Thank you for the all that input. <laughs> But yeah, she's she's just said I like going to shows because you know a you're getting to listen to music and everybody's nice. Yes, like everybody's cool. We went to the Book of Souls show and that would have been in seventeen sixteen. Was it sixteen? Mm, yes. I thought it was seventeen. Okay, so sixteen or 17? seventeen. Yeah, seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> seventeen. Seventeen. So seventeen. So that would have been five years ago. She was ten years old, and I remember going to this show and at a certain point I had to go to the bathroom. Well, I'm not going to drag her at 10 years old into the male bathroom, you know, with everyone, you know. Yeah. And so we're out just talking to random people. And um, I was talking to some dude and I, was, I think my son had went in uh-huh. and I was waiting for him. And and I was just like, man, I need to run to the bathroom. And he just goes, I'll watch your kids. I'm like, this is just some guy that's 48 years old, long haired dude. Just, you know, just some Harley Davidson probably looking dude there. And I'm just going. Okay, I've got to go to the bathroom. He's my only option, you know. <laughs> and I remember I walk in and I ran in there and went to the bathroom as fast as I couldn't run back out. And he's just standing there talking to my kids and everything. And I was just like, 
this is so cool. I mean, that people are just so friendly and they recognize. Because yes. how many people walked up to you and said, your dad is, you're lucky your dad is bringing you to see Iron Maiden. How many people told you how awesome I was because of that? Like two. <laughs> but two people said it, That's right? Two. That's two people. That's two. How many people at the grocery store tell you how awesome I am? Nobody, right? Nobody at the grocery <laughs> store. Hey, your dad is so awesome for bringing you the Albertsons. Right. You know, but, you know, and, and people, they all respect that. They're like, oh, wow, this guy's, you know, bringing his kids in there, bringing their families. And you see that and you're like, they're trying to pass this legacy of music that we have, you know. And, and But, yes, I love that. So, okay, so that, so the next thing that happens in Maiden history. Well, well let's, on that on that tour, yeah. I took my nephew. Okay. Yeah. So How old was your nephew at the time? Uh, so he was 12. Okay. And I remember that it was kind of, it's funny because when they did the final frontier, he wanted to go, but he was only like five. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's young. Too young. So he was upset with me because I could have taken back. Yeah. So finally I, I took him and he was just like amazed. Just like, just looking at the stage. He knows the songs. He likes the songs. Yeah. So that he got his attention, he loved it. Did he complain about Yannick at all? No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. He loved the music and he yeah. had a great time. She was entertained by Yannick because you know, you remember Yannick, the one that's up there dancing around and swinging, and it's just like, even if you don't like what he brings to the, you know, I mean, you can't deny like we discussed earlier. You can't deny the great songwriting he's done. He's done a lot of great songs. A lot of great stuff, and but and he's entertaining. Like yes. I mean. I love Adrian Smith and I love Dave Murray, but they're all, they're they're kind of statuesque on stage. You know, they're kind of in one place and they play and they do a good job and that's what I want. But Yannick, you know, he's up there and he's dancing around just like you're like he's like he's probably up there just spinning around in circles going, "I'm an Iron Maiden." He's bragging about it. He has a right, you know. And you think about this. He's been an Iron Maiden since 1990, he's been an Iron Maiden for 32 years now. Oh, yeah. 32. You figure we, me and I did this with somebody. We figured out he's been an Iron Maiden the same amount of time as Adrian. Yes, because Adrian was in there for so many years. Then he left and he came back. There, it's just a you know obviously Adrian was there during that classic era. But but yeah, like you bring in your kids, they're not they're they're going to be entertained by Yannick. Oh, yes. you know so. And so the legacy of the Beast Corps came. I'm yes. sure I'm sure you went and saw this. I had to. How many shows did you see of this? Uh, two. Two? Okay. So when the tour was announced, the closest city besides Dallas was uh, Albuquerque. Okay. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. Both shows. So I ended up buying tickets to go see him in Albuquerque and Dallas. So I rented a car. Took the 10 hour. Thing. You just started playing. Turn your phone off. Good lord, that scared me. Right. That was a ten-hour drive to Albuquerque, and same thing. The same thing that's over there is the same thing that's here. The fan base. Yeah, you know, everybody was nice out there. Oh, you know, funny. so it's like, it's my you know, and I was. They saw I was wearing a Iron Maiden shirt from here with a with the Texas mm -hmm. image and on it. Yeah, and they like loved it and like. From Texas, and I go. Yeah, from I came for the show, drove up here for the show. I was like, wow, it's like that shirt. You know, yeah, really nice. And same thing, just me fans, and everybody has an Iron Man story from whatever point of view they see it or what mm -hmm. they like about it. Yeah. And there was an older man there, and he's like, "This is my first time seeing him." And I'm like, 
So you never saw him before? Yeah. No. He's like, this is my first time. And then there's the same thing. Some parents are there. Oh, it's my kid's fifth time seeing him. Yeah. Okay. So that's, yeah. that's fun. Yeah. So, uh, that's then, really cool. Yes. And then the following day, I drove back here to Dallas to see him again here in Dallas. So that was just amazing. That show was so good. Yeah. yeah. So good. The set list. I, did you know the set list going in? No, I didn't. I, same thing. I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't want to read it. I wanted to hear the songs as they came out. Yeah, see, I had been, I don't know if I was on Facebook or whatever, and I saw where they were putting clues out, and I, I saw something for Flight of Icarus, and I immediately went, I, I deleted Iron Maiden off of my Facebook, off of everything. I was like, I can't. I got to go into this. So, like, they did Sign of the Cross. I wasn't expecting that. That's for, one of the songs that I just wanted to hear. Klansman. The Klansman. For the greater good of God. That one, was, that was surprising. because Very of, much. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, where Eagles Dare. Yeah, yeah. So those were like songs I had never heard before live that made that tour extra special. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just, it was so, yeah. Going in with not knowing, it was, it's, it's hard to not know. I mean, now, because they, they're literally going to come to, well, they're going to start their tour pretty soon again. Yes. You know, we've, they've posted pictures. Hey, look, here's Iron Maiden landing wherever they're at. And once they play that first show, it's going to be all over Facebook and Twitter and whatever, you know, social media. Everyone's going to be talking about, oh, yeah, this is, you know, because they're supposedly supposedly adding three songs from the new album, from Sinjutsu, which we yes. haven't got to yet. And I'm like, I'm, they, I mean, Bruce pretty much came out and said, yeah, we're going to play the first three songs. And I'm like, okay, he already said that. And I wouldn't have wanted to know that ahead of time. But, hey, I'm happy. Yeah. And, okay, so... Legacy tour happens. Uh, great tour. I actually had a guy that I know that went to that tour with his dad. And he was close to my age. My friend was in his late 40s. His dad had never seen Iron Maiden live either. Wow. So that was that's that's a cool thing, too. Because I was just telling him before. He's like, yeah, this is my dad's first time. And I was like, I said, dude, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. So so after a bunch of hullabaloo for years, you know, with the the whole COVID thing going on and, you know, shutting every, shutting our favorite thing in the world down, music right. and concerts and Iron Maiden just all of a sudden announces one day, Hey, we're putting out an album next month. Sinjutsu comes out. When you get Sinjutsu, what do you think about it? Well, I guess at first I, I did it like the old days, you know, you go to the record store and buy it. Yeah. I saw that Walmart Walmart was going to have it. Mm -hmm. So I went to Walmart at 7 o'clock in the morning and I bought it. Excellent. Because literally this one right across the street from where I work at. Uh huh. So I got up earlier just to go there and buy it. Yeah. So it was like back like back in the old days. Pick, record comes out, you go buy it. That's cool, man. That's cool. Um, well, about the vinyl, then obviously the CD. I wanted a hard copy too. So. Oh, sure. And I heard it and I was like, I like it. I like it. I think it's, again, it's another different album. Yeah. It sounds different. And I love the songs. I don't think there's one, maybe two. Like, okay. But the rest of it, I love it. Yeah. Um, of course, the first one that we were hearing about was uh, The Writing on the Wall. Yeah. I liked it. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited just to actually, for them to actually play, maybe they're going to do the first three songs still or what's going to happen. Yeah. And overall, and same thing, the songs are longer. But it's made in who they are now. Yes, it's it's, it's either that. Would you rather have? It's like I ask people, would you rather have that or nothing? I mean, come on. And one thing I I tell some some fans, you know, they're 
But only like the the first eighty stuff. It's like give it a chance, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> give it a chance because you're gonna like it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. They've progressed as musicians. They put out great music still. And and after this, if they put on another one, I'll be excited just to hear it. Yeah, I I personally think like I liked Book of Souls. You know, I mean, it yeah. came out and and I listened to it and I was like, hey, it's pretty good. It's a good album. You know, I mean, there's certain things that I just adore on it. Yes. And then there's, you know, there's a few that I'm just kind of like, eh, it's not so, not as good as what I want, but it's, you know, I don't hate it. Yeah. And when I listened to this album the first time, I was like, okay, here's, here's my experience. I, I bought it on iTunes. Mm-hmm. I stayed up till midnight, hoping that it would download onto my phone at midnight. Cause I had ordered it on Amazon and it said, oh, it'll be here by 7 PM tomorrow. I was like, there's no way I'm not waiting till 7 PM. I'm listening to this thing when I wake up at four o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. on uh, that day. And so I waited up till one o'clock in the morning and I remember thinking, man, this is a, like an 80 minute album. If I'm up till one, I'm going to be up till almost three listening to it. And I was like, I got to go to work. I was like, I don't know. So I went to bed. It updated on my phone like 20 minutes after I went to bed. And, um, so, um, so I, so I had ordered it on Amazon. I bought the copy on, so I, uh, iTunes. So I woke up at five or whatever in the morning. I thought if I get up at five, I've got an hour and a half. I got up five thirty five in the morning. My wife's like, "What? Why are you getting up?" And I just go, "I got to listen to the album." And she, I just all had to say. She knew. She's like, "Oh my god, you're crazy!" So I went upstairs, <laughs> turn on, boom, boom, boom. It starts, and the whole, and I listened to the whole album. And there was only one point in the album, one of the longer songs, where I kind of looked at my watch and I was like, "Yeah, this one's a little drawn out." But other than that, I was like, "Man, I was blown away." I thought it blew away Book of Souls on one list, and I was yes. like, "Holy crap, this is incredible!" So then after I got done listening to it, I was up so early and I thought, you know what? I looked on the internet and and I saw that Target had it for sale. I was like, they had that lenticular cover, you know, where you turn it. And I was like, I'm going to go to Target and I'm going to buy it in store. Even though this will be my third copy already. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to go in store and buy one today. Like I'm going to walk to the front, check me out. And I went to a self-checkout. <laughs> they didn't have any open. so I, But I went to the self-checkout, bought the album. I was like, and I don't remember. I bet you the last time I did that was Fear of the Dark. Wow. That many years ago. So I was like, wow, it's literally 30 years later. And I mean, so I bought that. And then, of course, a couple weeks later, I went to a, our local Walmart. They had the vinyl. They had the little book version. I bought all of them. <laughs> I was just so like, did I. So, I've got- yeah. so I think I have... Pretty much every version that came out, mm-hmm. and and again for the collection. But I've also when it, when the album comes out, I like to have the, the hard copies. Absolutely, yeah, just absolutely. Uh, for the artwork. Oh yeah, you have to. We come from the old school yeah. where you're going to look at the artwork and you're going to, you know, read the liner notes yes. and see who wrote the songs. And I bought her. Um, we were at, we were at a Walmart one day and looking through the little five dollar bin, and I saw a Peace of Mind album. And like, you know what? I'm just going to buy this for her and give it to her and see if she'll have that old school experience. Look at the album cover and flip through and look at the page and look where they're all sitting there looking at the brain on the table that they're getting ready to eat. And, <laughs> you know, just the whole exp- and I And I don't know how much of the experience. I was like, put the album on. Read the words while you're listening to it. You know, the way we, you know. No, no. The way we would do when we were kids, you know, or when we were, you know, teenagers or whatever. Yes. And 
Because that experience is, you know, nowadays it's people will just download something and then they'll listen to it in their earbuds on their phone while they're walking around or whatever, which is cool. Yeah. But it's not, it, you lose something with it yes. from it. And um, so obviously we've got, we got the album out. We got tour dates. Uh, and as of today still, me and you are both going to be going to the El Paso show. Yes. You told me earlier you had tickets for the El Paso show. Do you have tickets for any other shows? Uh, the El Paso and the Austin show. Austin, that's right. Yes. You have tickets for the Austin show. I've got tickets for um, El Paso. El Paso's a Sunday. And then on the following Saturday, they're playing in Denver. So we're going to Denver. Matt and his family are going to go to Denver as well. So we're going to meet Matt and his family. Matt's also going to see him in Tulsa on Thursday. Okay. So... He's trying to talk me into doing that as well. I'm like, the only way I could possibly do that. I don't even think I could because my family, me, my wife and daughter, and probably my son will be flying to Denver or driving or whatever. And I'm like, I can't go to Tulsa and then just go to Denver because then my wife's going to be like, well, wait, you want me to go up here and, and for this, but you're going to, you want me to go by myself. I won't be able to do all that. So I'll probably just hit the Denver show and, um, you know, looking forward to hearing new songs. Yes. I, I'm kind of wondering, though, will we really... Nick goes like 69 or 70. And, you know, and he's even... I mean, on Senjutsu, or, uh, uh, Book of Souls, he was having... Was it Book of Souls? I think he was having problems with his wrists and things. So, I mean, that was five years ago. Yes. So, and the drummer... Drumming position is the hardest one. You know, it's the most physical one. I mean, other than running around and dancing like Yannick or something, but it's very physical. And so you wonder what happens to the band if Yannick, I mean, if, if Nico can't carry on, I mean, Joe Lazarus, uh, Steve's nephew that I told you that I've talked to, I've heard him play the drums and he pretty much plays, he plays exactly like Nico. He uses one foot pedal and he does all the double bass stuff with on one pedal, the same way Nico does it. He's, I mean, he's, He's Nico Jr. I mean, he's in an Iron Maiden cover band over there, endorsed by Iron Maiden. You know, of course, he's related to him. And, man, you hear him play, and he just nails that stuff. And so I've asked him, I asked him about it, you know, if he thought he would, if that would ever happen. And he's like, I have no idea. Whether he does or not, he's not going to tell me. But, well, I just hope it doesn't come to the point where they stop. I hope they can continue. Yeah, yeah. Because, again, for the fans, the hardcore fans. Because I just, I feel like with Steve, that they're very true to themselves. Yes. And I feel like if they get to any level of, we can't do this the right way, like let's say they've got a tour scheduled. I think they'll finish the tour. But I almost wonder, will they? Will they go out and put a lesser version of themselves out there? Like, hey, you know, Bruce is sounding pretty rough, but we've already got all these dates I mean, it's a financial thing too at that point because then you're like, you know, that's millions and millions and millions of dollars that's invested. And but I don't know. I I really wonder about this, the where they go going forward. I, I I think this will be their. I personally, I think this is going to be their last tour. You think so? What they're doing right now, I think it will be. I hope not. I, I mean, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, but realistic, realistic. I mean, these guys like Adrian just turned sixty-five. Yeah. I went to the Smith Cotton show in Las Vegas, uh-huh. and Adrian he sings good. He plays good, but I'm I'm sort of thinking these guys are 65 years old and getting out on stage for two hours a night, you know, four three nights a week, four nights a week. 
Man, at some point, when don't you? I mean, I'm sure I play. You want to do it forever, I'm sure. But at some point, when when does the when do they cross that line of okay? That's it. I'm tired of this retirement tour. It's time to retire. Yeah, and I don't think they would do that. I don't think they would announce it. I think they would play their last tour date, and then they would come out with a statement and say, "That's it. We're done." They're not going to be like Ozzy and do a no more tours or Kiss doing the end of the road or something for, for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, I was talking to this friend of mine at work and cause we're, some of the bands were like retiring when they like Slayer announced their retirement tour. Like, okay. This is the last tour. Everyone goes. Yeah. So the question is like, now what are we going to do? <laughs> who's, who's gonna, nobody's going to replace them. Sure. And Maiden retires. Nobody will ever replace them. Yeah. So that's going to be an era in history of music where we lived it, experienced it. Yeah. Had the goosebumps on it. Yeah, it's in our memories now. Yeah. I think it's just one of those history moments that yeah, it's it's, gonna, it's there for the music. Thank God we we were born and lived during the time of Kiss and Ozzy and Iron Maiden yeah. and all these bands, you know. Okay. So the last question is a long question. Okay. It's, it's a rapid fire answer question. So Iron Maiden has 17 albums. Mm-hmm. I'm going to name each one and you're going to tell me your favorite song. Okay. Okay. Iron Maiden, first album, favorite song. Phantom of the Opera. Excellent. Killers. Oh. <laughs> uh don't have a specific favorite one on that. You have to name. Steve Harris walks in the room right now and he says, Frank, we're going to play a song for you right now. What do you want to hear? Wrathchild. Wrathchild. Okay. There you go. I like that music wise. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. As long as they open it the right way. Yes. Do the odds of march with it. Um, Number of the Beast. Children of the Damned. I just love the beginning, the way it starts. So great. Yes. So great. I said that to somebody the other day, and he was like, better than Hallowed? And I was like, I mean, I know that's a big deal, I said, but man, that the song is, it's beautiful. It is. Okay. Yes. Peace of mind. Peace of mind, Revelations. Okay. Sarah will agree with you there, right? <laughs> Power Slave. Ram of the Ancient Mariner. Mm, there you go. Take that, Matt. Um, somewhere in time. Just one or two? Okay. Alexander the Great. What's your next one? Caught Somewhere in Time. Caught Somewhere in Time. Okay. Uh, yeah. When when the Made in Texas played that, I was like, oh, that's the one. Chris came up to me afterwards. Because song number, I told you this story earlier. He came up to me and he was like, hey, I'm just going to tell you, we're going to play a song. I want you to be ready for it. And I'm like, okay. That's all I'm going to tell you. Then he comes up a little later. All I can say <laughs> is it's song number four. And I'm going, song number four, song number four. And so... Then I see the set list blowing sideways. I'm really looking hard. I'm like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. <laughs> so they start playing song number four and it's still life. I like, I'll be honest. I'm not the biggest still life fan. I like the song, but it's just, it's not like it wasn't that jaw dropping moment of flash of the blade or sun and steel for me. No. And so he plays it and I'm like, he's playing it. I'm looking over at him and he's kind of looking at me like, well, he's kind of shrugging his shoulders. Like, what do you think? And I'm like, I just went, Thumbs up. Good. You know, <laughs> I have a thumbs up problem. So, so, so I'm like, okay. And then afterwards he's asked me like, well, what did you think is still off? I said, dude, I was more excited when you played cost somewhere in time. I said, dude, when y'all open into that, I was like, oh, 
Never heard it live. I've heard Maiden, at least on a live album, play still live. So <clears throat> I'm not going to get a drink after that. Well, that's one song that I want to hear Iron Maiden play live. Caught somewhere? Caught somewhere. I, just, I don't think they'll ever, I don't think Bruce could ever sing that. Imagine him trying to sing Caught Somewhere. Yeah. That is high. I just, I think, I hate to say this because. But it would be a letdown because I don't think he'd be able to do it. No. Yeah. yeah. I, musically, I would love. Musically, I yes. wish they would come out and just say, "Hey, we're gonna play it. We're just gonna play the music. Yeah. Just let you enjoy it. That'd be kind of cool." Um, I was watching. Uh, I went to a Kiss convention uh-huh. in 1995 in Dallas, and I found the video of it last night on YouTube. And I was watching it, and the first bit of it was Eric Singer came out with headphones on. He sits behind a drum set, and they just play Kiss songs. And he just, it's the, all the guitars and bass, and he just drums along with the whole thing. And I'm like, that is so cool just to hear the music, even without the singing. You're just yeah. kind of, they played like Strutter and Detroit Rock City and Unholy and stuff from Revenge. And it was really cool. I forgot about it. Okay. So, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. The title track, Seventh Son. Can't go wrong there. Sorry, I'm a talker, Sarah. She keeps looking at me like, uh, sometimes a day, Dad. <laughs> um, X Factor. X Factor? Sign of the Cross. Can't they, argue. Can't argue that. Yeah, and just to hear it live. Yes. Finally, hear it live. So great. Yes. It was so great. Virtual Eleven. The Clansman. Clansman. Okay. Can't argue that. Um, Brave New World. That's a tough one. I mentioned earlier. I like. I love the whole album. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go with the the Nomad. Nomad. I love the Nomad. Um, Dance of Death. Passchendaele. Okay. That seems to be a pretty resounding answer from people. Everyone loves Passchendaele. Can't. When they opened at Legacy of the Beast, uh-huh. they played Aces High, and then you know that part came in with all the sound of gunfire and airplanes. I thought they were going into Passchendaele. Yes. And I mean, and I'll be on, and here's another thing that people probably won't like me saying. I was I thought they were when I thought they were going to do Passchendaele when they went into Where Eagles Dare, like just for a split second I was like, oh it's not Passchendaele, <laughs> and then I and it was it was that quick and I was just like okay they're still playing Where Eagles Dare you know and it's the music on that song is so good I, I just don't like the thing I don't love about that song is Bruce has to sing so fast yes it's not the rumble of the sound it's like oh slow it down you can tell Steve Harris wrote the lyrics on that one okay so. um you said dance of death, dance of death, a matter of life and death. The reincarnation of Benjamin Bree. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the final frontier. Uh, I'm going to say. The Avalon. Isle of Avalon. Okay. Yeah. One of my co-hosts, I have a female co-host that lives in Australia and yeah. that's her favorite. She yeah. loves it. She loves Isle of Avalon. A reference. Walking Dead. In one of the episodes, what's the guy? One of the characters, he's our singing song. Is that the song he sings? Yes. I heard about, I remember hearing about that. And the well, the girl singing, I was like, I heard that song before, but it was the, the female character in the movie. In yeah. The, in the episode singing, is like, I know that song. And then Eugene starts singing it like, Holy. I made it. <laughs> like, wow. That's cool. The music lives on in the apocalypse. 
<laughs> yeah, that was you know that was one of them things where like you've only got five minutes to grab everything you can out of the house, and the one album they grabbed was Final Frontier. Yes. <laughs> okay, so uh, the Book of Souls. Book of Souls. The song itself, Book of Souls. Yeah, I love that one. I love that song. And then the last album they've put out, Senjutsu. Uh, there's pick one, the title track, Senjutsu. I like the intro, the yeah. way it starts. Very unique. It's a different song, different yeah. pace. Kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, no comparison, but the sign of the cross. Like okay. the, the tempo, just okay. slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cannot argue that. Can't argue that's a great song. I love yes. that one. So, with all that said, man, I appreciate you... Um, letting us into your house and giving us the tour and showing us all your incredible stuff and taking the time out of your day. Cause I know we've been here for a while, but to do all this and come on here and talk about it and share your Iron Maiden story. Awesome. Appreciate it's, it. It's fun. Awesome. Thank you. God knows he wants to go All right. Well, there you have it. I hope that you enjoyed hearing Frank's story. I know that it was a lot of fun to go to his home and just chat with him. And like I said, his house is almost like a museum of albums and just music things. It's so, so cool. So I want to thank Frank again for allowing me in his home. And on behalf of myself, on behalf of Frank, from Iron Maiden, from Eddie, and from the boys. In life are bad They can really make you mad Other things just make you swear and curse When you're chewing on life's gristle That grumble Give a whistle And this'll help things turn out for the best And Always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life 
If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. Hey. Always look on the bright side of life. It's quite absurd, and death's the final word. You must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your seat, give the audience a grin. Enjoy it, it's your last chance, anyhow. So always look on the bright side of death. 